Go ahead and raise your hand if your team is still playing meaningful football games. Mm. I see about 199 hands out there. Um, Georgia got one more left in them. Got one more in the tank. Um, we've got so much we could say about the Peach Bowl in Ohio State. Maybe we'll get to it in the offseason. I don't know. Today... We got business to attend to. Why don't we get to a game that's ahead of us, Daniel? Why don't we get on to TCU, a team that also has meaningful football left to play? Mm. Let's give you our initial gut reactions on the TCU Horn Frogs today on the Locked On Bulldogs podcast. You are Locked On Bulldogs, your daily podcast on the Georgia Bulldogs. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to Locked On Bulldogs, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Clint. He is Daniel. You are part of the 199 mm. that somehow got us over 5,000 subscribers on YouTube. Don't know how that happened. People got phones. They got a work phone. They, they got, got burner accounts phone. all day long. So good phone. on you. Use that kid's phone. <laughs> good on you, listener, getting us over that mark. We wanted to hit that before the national championship game. We are here. If you are on the YouTube, go over to the audio side. Let's get subscribe, that audio like, subscription uh, numbers up. Let's get, get that, that out number well. bumped up. That would be great. Today on Locked On Bulldogs, we are talking three things, and really, it is again meaning meaningful football. Where are you going? I don't you know. To move? I, look, we just <laughs> we just we're talking about three things. Clint was <laughs> just Clint was just targeted, I believe. There's somebody called targeting. Somebody just um, hit him actually, with the crown no, of the helmet. I, Buller just hit me with his shoulder, and I almost I, I went oh, back shoulder in time. to shoulder I contact, and uh, you still blacked out. I still yes. Um, we are talking about three things: meaningful football, okay, meaningful football, yeah, meaningful football. That's right. TCU national mm-hmm. championship. Let's we are here. We're going to give our thoughts on this TCU team. What is yeah. ahead? We have a busy, busy week. We're going to have a couple of people from TCU that Got cover the team coming on. On to here, your boys are going to be live on Monday. Um, could be. Could be. It's we'll just hard to look, say. Hard to say. We don't. We don't listen. It's, it's national be, championship week. All bets are off. It's all on the table. We don't know. I may I may just show up Sunday night with a I, knock on Daniel's door in Nashville. Be like, put a bag over my head, throw me in a van. We end up car. in Los Angeles. Um, I can confirm. I can confirm. We won't find ourselves on a yacht at any point. That is not something that we will be messing around with. No. Um, Shout out to Blake and Hannah for listening to the podcast for the first time all year. I'm like, welcome to the hey, show. Hey, Blake, happy, I've, I've given you shouts out before, but again, Zim's up, zubidi ziba. Yep, not not this week. Uh, Whatever. Let's talk I, about that TCU team, Clint. And I want to yep. let you start because um, you and our boy Dog Stats. Uh, Dog Stats, go give a follow. Dog yes. Stats over on Twitter. Heck of a follow. Heck of a guy. Heck of a guy. Don't get him started on the playoff expansion. Don't get him started on many things. But heck of a guy to follow. Call heck him a stats a, nerd. Heck of a guy to chat with. You and he had some interactions, and I want to I want to give you a chance to share some of the insights on this TCU offense because I know we've all watched TCU this year. They played some of the most memorable games of the college football season. Thrilling incredible stuff. Incredible story, incredible team. 
Let's get into what makes them who they are, Clint, and what are the most interesting things that stand out to you, particularly on the TCU offense? Yeah, let's. we know the stats, and this is deep analytics stuff, and if you don't appreciate or like deep analytics, I'm sorry, it is meaningful. It has a point. Just stick around it to It has a point, mm-hmm. and Todd Munkin believes in this point because if you understand Todd Munkin and how he is explosive and efficient, mm-hmm. it explains why our offense is, wait for it, explosive and efficient so let's go with the tcu offense and this is what i'm gonna give you two stats that stood out to me again dog stats great follow giving him all the credit um two stats that are very 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 important to me one points per game tcu 41.1 points per game sixth in the nation yards per play it's a lot of points a lot of points per game it's a lot of points (laughs) stat two yards per play 10th in the nation's yard per play. Just giving you a little, they average 6.9 yards per play, just for a little understanding. Georgia averages 7.1 yards per play. So slim margin of difference between us and TCU. So do you know where we rank in terms of the, you said they're 10th? Do you know where we are? 7th. 7th. 10th and 7th. Okay. So we're right. Very close. Right. Very close. Okay. But here's the confusing part. For us, we have a success rate on offense. Explain success rate. Success rate means this. The thing you set out to do, you did well. (laughs) You beat the defense in attempting to get if it's a if it's a deep ball you got that deep ball if it's a if it's a short yardage if it's third and three you converted the third and yeah three. it's, if it's, it's based on the down and distance it's Correct. based on the down and distance and it's it's taking off a set number of predetermined yards that would say if you're at first and 10 then a five yard gain is a successful play if you're Big at success. third and eight well you need eight yards or that play is a total failure it's a, you need eight yards for it to be a successful play. another way of putting it is the old adage playing ahead of the sticks that's right you're, that's you're, you're playing rate. ahead of the sticks you're not getting behind the sticks right the down so what's the, distance. the success rate for tcu uh well i'm going to give you georgia first georgia okay. success rate we are third most successful offense in the nation 52.7 percent of the time we are successful you'll love to hear it it's a great success mm-hmm. this is where things get a little confusing to me high yards per play high points per game yep. all of a sudden their success rate is 54th in the nation well, that's interesting. There's only two teams left, and you wouldn't expect either of those teams to be 54th in very much. In fourth, yeah, okay. It, it it's very very confusing for me. I don't understand it. Their passing success rate, 66th in the nation, also not great. So now, is there because I know the conversation continues from here. How do you reconcile these things? How are they scoring all these points if they're not, as you said it, to put it in old football terminology, if they're not staying ahead of the sticks, if they're not having successful first down, successful second down plays, how is it that they're this potent of an offense? How is it that they're scoring all these points? And now again, they they are very good. They're playing very well. They have some success, not as much as the down and distance, but they have points per game, yards per game. Here's what's happening. Two things. They're playing very timely defense, which we're going to get to a couple stats here in the second segment. I'm going to give you four key plays from the Michigan game that really, really just completely changed the face of that. But they're playing timely defense. Yes. And they're playing explosive, opportunistic offense. There it is. Meaning, sure, they're going to, you're going to get stuffed on first down, second down, incomplete negative two yard rush, but all of a sudden pop 35 yard bomb. Yeah. First down 
same exact thing. First down, second down, not successful, not successful. Bam, 20-yard run to the left. You know, let this is explain, how TCU makes it. Let me explain it. that just in terms of layman's, you know, numbers are hard. I understand that. If you have a failed first down play, a mm-hmm. failed second down play, and then a successful long pass on third down, that's that's one out of three successful plays. That's only 33%. And yet, it's still a first down. You still get to keep moving the ball down the field. It, it's a... It's a low floor, high yes. ceiling offense. If that's a way that you want to think about it, that's what that basement, that's what TCU does. Their bad is really, really. Yeah, they may get bad. stopped for negative yardage on any given play, or they might hit you over the top for a straight bomb. Nobody uses the deep passing game more effectively, I think, yes. in college football than TCU. And that includes teams like Tennessee and teams like Ohio State. Nobody uses the home run ball the way that TCU does. In the third segment, we're going to talk about what that means in terms of specific players and specific oh, matchups. Oh, boy. But just oh boy, grab a bu- – if you're one of the 199, you already have it strapped to your chest. But grab a bucket – for the third segment, if you want to no, do that, I'm not. let's move. Let's transition to some defensive. Let's talk about this TCU defense um, when we come back. But first, I want you to know about LinkedIn. LinkedIn is a spot that you need to go to find that new job. Let's say that you're a university in search of a chancellor of integrity because yours is gallivanting on a boat somewhere, Daniel. Yes, with and domestic you, abusers. With domestic abusers, that's right. A plenty. Mm-hmm. You need to go on LinkedIn. They don't allow domestic abusers on their site, first and foremost. So LinkedIn's that's, good people. That's their policy. They're great. Um, they are fantastic. They are the place you have over 800 million connections, networks, people that you know that know other people that can get you the right candidate for your job. Mm. And right now, you can get the applicant that you need for free at, at linkedin.com slash college. LinkedIn.com slash college. Post your job for free. All right, Clint, let's talk about this defense. Obviously, um, famously, I don't know if it's famous, but you should know this if you're a Georgia fan. TCU plays a 3-3-5 defense. Not a Can lot it be of, infamous? Not a lot of um, universities in the NCAA are, are running the 3-3-5 these days. Can we talk days. about why that is really quick? Why not a lot of running or why TCU is? Why TCU is. Sure. Okay, here's why you run a 3-3-5. You know, the 5 corresponds to the defensive backs in the backfield. Three linebackers, three down linemen. And here's why you run five, because you can get, as TCU, if you haven't seen recruiting charts, top 10, not often a fan favorite of TCU as it pertains to recruiting. Not often. They're not getting these five, four-star guys. They're still recruiting at a good clip. Don't get me wrong. Great players. Sure, sure. But, the, but why you run a 3-3-5 is because it gives you more flexibility on the back end to make up and be creative and try to do something different. It messes with an offense's counting system and blocking scheme and zone coverage. You can get right. guys that are a little bit smaller, a little speedier, can run around on the back end, get that five personnel in the defensive back room. So it, it helps negate maybe some recruiting losses as well as some coaching losses for not having enough development against offenses that need to go ahead and make a little little gimmicky. It's kind of like the Gus bus of defense, if you will. Fascinating. Now, just to be clear, Georgia runs five defensive backs most of the time. They have that star. Most of the time, Georgia is in nickel. The year is 2023. 
um, everybody got five defensive backs out there on the field. Everybody. If you're out there playing with four defensive backs, tease and peace because uh, it's, your not army. Gonna last, it's not going to last very long. Georgia plays most of their personnel in a tr- more traditional nickel, which is more like a four-two-five. But you know, a lot of that is edge players who are dropping yes. down. They could, they don't have their hand on the ground. Maybe they do. Maybe they back up. Maybe they, maybe they drop out. Maybe they blitz the quarterback. So Georgia is multiple in their defensive fronts too. The narrative going into the TC, into the Michigan game, into the semifinal game, was the Michigan big, strong, physical offense. I don't know if you heard they won the Joe Moore Award. Clint. Oh, they won the Joe Moore Award. By the way, win it every year if it means that you get booted first round. Win it every year. We'll gladly come in second and get that natty. That's fine with us. There it is. The narrative coming into that game was that Michigan was just going to impose themselves on TCU. Jam it right down their throat. That three three five could never stand up. They don't have enough no. big bodies. They don't have nope. enough big physical dudes. And then what had happened was TC, TCU oh, no. said, "Not today, Wolverines." And um, a little salty. This TCU defense. You said opportunistic. They play yeah. opportunistic defense. They do. They also play a little salty defense. Now look, I don't want to. Don't hear me say this because we have a couple of kids like this on our team as well. Don't hear me say this next and think I'm putting TCU down. I'm not. They have a bunch when of tryouts. When you called them the Gus Malzahn of, of defenses, were you putting them down then? Just so we're clear. I just Sorry, want to be, I, I want to look, be 100% sure that I understood everything. <laughs> look, do as I say, not as I do, Daniel. Blake, are you still in the second segment? Are you still listening to the second segment? Okay. Ziggity zag. Um, <laughs> look. I, they are the ghost bells on of defenses. They have a bunch of try hard kids, Daniel. Now that's not putting them down. You have to try hard on defense and call, <laughs> like, like, like you have to hustle. We look, wait till third segment, 199, wait till it, because we're going to talk about wide receivers against our defensive backs. And we have a defensive back who's all world talented that may not have the try hard gene. Oops. And it has a bunch of consequences. Oops. So I'm not putting them down. All I'm saying is, yeah, they got a salty opportunity. They came against Michigan and said, you're not going to take this from us. You're going to have to earn it. And that is true about all these kids. And they got some speed. Daniel, they got some kids that can run. Not their middle linebacker. Um, he yeah. can't run worth beans. Oops. But everybody else, pretty dang fast, Daniel. Yeah. Let's let's talk about, you said you got some plays for the Michigan game, some yep. things that stand out to you. When you look at this TCU defense, um, from a from a, a a schematic standpoint, what are you seeing? Yeah, here's the thing. I'm gonna this I got from Parker uh, Stats O War is his Twitter handle. Erg me matey. By the way, good on you, pirate people, Mississippi uh, State, Mississippi State, go Bulldogs, go Bulldogs, Always. absolutely. Uh, here's what happened. I'm gonna give you four plays from the Michigan game that really really tilted the entire affair into TCU's way. There are four defensive plays. Bud Clark had a 41 yard interception return. Mm-hmm. D Winters had a 29 yard interception return. Bud Clark had a goal line fumble recovery, and then Jim Harbaugh inexplicably going for it on fourth and goal with the stupidest play ever created. What had, what, what what was he doing? He was wanting to go to the NFL, Daniel. <laughs> That's what he was doing. Does a double end around pass to the quarter? What are we doing? And the quarterback did. It was Philly special, except the special didn't know he was getting the ball. No, he ran straight to the defender and then stopped. Yeah. Yeah. It's not ideal. They won by six. Mm-hmm. And what 
what stats over Parker is giving me here is on those four plays alone, TCU defense created 26.8 points of value for those plays. Basically this, they tilted the game, inverted the game's advantage on those four plays into their favor. Without those four plays, Michigan seems to roll, Daniel. There were moments in the game when Michigan was rolling. And, and you know, to TCU's credit, it's not like Michigan didn't get any breaks either. TCU fumbles. Yep. Michigan gets the ball right to start the fourth quarter. That was a huge play in the game. Um, they, Michigan had their opportunities, and the TCU defense got timely stops when they needed to. But... You know, just like we talked about the offense, this TCU defense seems to thrive on big plays. They are not your prototypical two-yard gain on first down, three-yard gain on second down, zero-yard gain on third down, punt type of defense, right? That's a Georgia no. type of defense, right? Like, that's... That's suffocating. It, it's a it's a prevent you from moving forward till you kick us the ball. TCU is a... Sure, you can move the ball forward, but because eventually we're going to take it from you. Eventually, we're going to have the ball, and then we're going to go score again with our explosive offense. It's a, it, it, again, you don't want to say like defensive cliches, you know, it, it's not really even a bend but don't break. It's a bend until you break them type of defense. It's a yep. go get the football and uh, flip the game around. And that's, to your point, that's exactly what they did against Michigan. It's a counterpuncher's game, Daniel. There are some defenses that you don't want to take shots. You don't want to get hits. There are the ones that say, fine, you can hit me, but I'm going to hit you back. Their defense is like, no, I'm going to get hit until I find an avenue to go ahead and slip one past your defense and, and really catch you completely off guard. And that's what I mean by opportunistic. You can't force that you can't impose that yeah. you have to be ready to respond and as tcu defense again to their credit daniel we we can say hey you're gonna have to lose one of these eventually they they haven't but do they that's what i mean like people keep on saying they can't keep it up and and so on and so forth uh we're gonna come back with the 199 loyal third segment mm. listeners uh and we're gonna talk more tcu right after this Daniel, you seemed like you had a place to go for this segment. Yeah. Well, where, it's not a fun place. Where do you want to go that's going to make us go for the buckets as we talk about maybe some dogs that don't have that dog in them? Well, I I want to keep the focus on TCU for okay. as long as I possibly can. Okay. Because I'm not trying to get out here. I'm not trying to get ahead of my skis, get crucified, get ratioed in the comments. That's not I what said, I'm trying to I do. I said Gus Malzahn defense, Daniel. He went out. He got out early. He got out after it early. Let me just say this. Do I think Georgia's going to win this game? I do think Georgia's going to win this game. Do I think TCU is a better matchup for Georgia than Michigan would have been? I do not. And I have been clear about that from the get-go. Clint has said Michigan is a team that could give Georgia trouble. I disagree. I, I did not think there was any chance Michigan could be. I wanted Michigan. I wanted to play Michigan. Uh, do I think Georgia's going to win this game? Absolutely, I do. But as my man Colin had said earlier in the week on Twitter, I will just echo the sentiment for the on behalf of the Dogs podcast. Okay. While I think Georgia's going to win this game, let me be totally clear. I don't want Quentin Johnson, Johnston anywhere near me. Like, I don't... He, he is that dude. Okay? 
the the comp that yeah. I made to him earlier to a buddy was like Marvin Harrison Jr., freakishly talented wide receiver. Sure. Right? Jamison Williams last year, freakishly talented wide receiver. But this man out here looks like Julio Jones running down the field. Like, uh, that is such a fantastic... I was going to go A.J. Brown. No, but he, it's but, just a straight Julio running down the field. I like where it. He is, he is a freak. He's big. He's fast. He's physical. He catches the ball. And he is the home run threat. He averages 18 yards per catch this year. He's got six touchdowns. He's got over a thousand yards receiving, and he is the passing game. You know that for meme TCU that that just says you know oh screw it he's down there somewhere and quarterback just launches Correct. the ball. He is that. He's that, that is that guy. who he is. And let me just say, as diplomatically as I can, that's a problem for Georgia. Okay, um, even it's bucket worthy. The most ridiculously naively optimistic Georgia fan has to admit that's a problem for you Georgia Bulldogs okay so we've said all year we went into the Ohio State game saying you're not going to dink and dunk and Ohio State did not dink and dunk they did Georgia you're not going to dink and dunk Georgia to death you're not going to run Georgia to death nope. Ohio State rushed for like negative one million yards you are going to beat Georgia by making big plays down the field. TCU's offense thrives on making big plays down yep. the field. That's what they do. That is what they do. Now, they also run the ball. They run the ball really well. Yeah, that cat had some had some Ken nice grounded out yards against Michigan. Kendra Miller don't know his health status for this game. Yeah. And that is a significant blow to TCU. This is not like the Georgia running back room where it's just a, a revolving door and a stable of backs. No, it's the Marcado kid came in and he played admirably. But let me just, that is not the same caliber of back. And so if Kendra Miller, Kendra Miller doesn't play in this national championship game, will be a huge blow to TCU. But, but honestly, I don't think you're going to run the ball against Georgia anyway. And so while it does make a difference, I don't think it makes as big of a difference. I think if you're going to run the ball against Georgia, it's going to be a lot of Max Duggan anyway, running the ball. That's the key. And um, and then it's going to be deep shots down the field. And so, again... Daniel, I, I don't want to say this. Oh, but it seems like you do. So but I do. Are. <laughs> if you didn't have a joyful time watching our defense try to stop Stroud, buckle up. See, I'm going to wait a few days on this one, but I think I disagree with you. I, I think I disagree I with hope, that take. Daniel, I hope you marinate on that and then come back to me I think, and help me. So just hold on, 199. I think, I think there's some notable differences in these two quarterbacks. Although it might seem on the surface, Duggan's more mobile than Stroud. I was just going to say. Duggan is more athletic than Stroud. Duggan is more elusive <laughs> than Stroud. And so... Why would it be easier for us to get Duggan on the ground than it was Stroud on the ground? I think later in the week, I don't know, but I think I'm going to make the point that it will be. I'm, I am thrilled for Daniel I to just go through the it. mental gymnastics. I need to percolate on it a little bit. That I a quarterback myself, we couldn't tackle. I can talk myself into anything if you give me enough time. A quarterback we couldn't tackle is less mobile and less athletic than the one we're currently going against, but we'll have 
better side. This is this is going to be. Let fun. me talk about this TCU wait. defense and make some observations there as okay. it relates to Georgia. What did we say this TCU defense thrives on, Clint? Opportunity. Big plays, turnovers, flipping the game. What has Georgia struggled with this year? What uh, uh, turnovers seem to be a newfound. Is the plague. turnover margin something we would call positive or something we no. would call negative for the season? No, I fear that somebody is no longer um, above ground in Kirby's backyard because turnover it, has been a plague for us. Lost the turnover battle again against Ohio State. Yep, and um, we've been losing it all year. Now we're fourteen and zero with a negative turnover margin. Clint. I don't like that. I don't love it, but I like it more than being, I don't know, uh, 11 and two sugar bowl champs with a Ooh. positive turnover margin. Ooh. Like that sounds better than that at least, but Georgia has been bitten with the turnover bug this year. And TCU is a team that likes to create turnovers. And so again, while it might appear as it did for Michigan, that Georgia would have some advantages. Dominant physical offensive line, okay. powerful running backs, okay, freakishly big tight ends, maybe all three freakishly big tight ends. Big O playing, y'all. Just guys, if that if big market book it. Um while it might appear that Georgia should be able to impose themselves on TCU. That's exactly what Michigan thought they were going to be able yep. to do. Couldn't do it. And opportunistically, TCU was able to take the ball away from Michigan and turn that game on its head. It got out of hand. I mean, TCU needed every single one of those points that they accumulated early to hold on to for dear by life. the end of that game. Uh, listen, it's. I think Georgia's going to win this game. We both think Georgia's going to win this game. We're going to pick Georgia to win this game. Yes. But if you're a Georgia fan, you're walking in this game, and you see this 13-point spread, Georgia's minus 500 on the money line. Yeah. There's just, this is just a yawn, snooze fest. Get it out. Don't bring that kind of energy to this podcast this Not week. Not here. Because this podcast this week, I'm just going to, I'm just going to prepare you, 199. This podcast will be a bucket heavy podcast because there's yeah. a lot of things that TCU does specifically and we tried to articulate some of them specifically there's a lot of things TCU does that are not good for Georgia both on the offensive and defensive sides of the ball so do I think Georgia should win this game yes do I think Georgia should be the favorite in this game yes do I think that this is by any means settled this national championship I absolutely do not uh, I'm going to give you a preview for what will come later in the week. Here's what I hope for Georgia. Um, I hope for the most boring game in the entire world from Georgia. This is what I hope. That would make me so happy. If we have the most, most boring game ever, we cruise to a national championship. 24 to 6. Sign, yes. sign me up right now. Well, if yeah. the biggest well, pass yeah. play is 14 yards... Sign me up right now. Either side. I was just going to say. Biggest pass play, 14 yards. Georgia wins this game easily. 
Period. Georgia wins this game easily. Uh, I need a boring game. That'd be great. A boring game, fundamental, we win. I need Chris Fowler and Kirk Herbstreit to be looking for things to talk about mid-third quarter. You can bring up Saban's age and contract. Alabama and how loaded they are for next year. How they're the the favorite. They've rebuilt their roster. They've got all this. Transfer portal winners already. Oh my gosh, they're killing the transfer portal. Even though I believe the transfer portal is bad for football now. Is that what Saban's on now? Are we on to bad for football? Um, He because he had players opt out, even though he had no opt outs. Some of the non opted out players did, in fact, opt out. Is that what I'm being told? (laughs) Bama fans, my favorite. We had zero opt outs except for the thirteen transfer portal players. The people that chose not to play. Saban said you can play, and they all said. No and they face. all opted out. I love it. Uh, we're going to be back all this week talking this TCU matchup, giving you insights for it. This has been Locked On Bulldogs, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. He is Daniel. I am Clint. We will see you guys later. We'll see you tomorrow. See you.